a longtime friend of mine or a subscriber, you've probably surmised that I like to tell stories. I always have. Don't know why, but I've come to believe that telling and writing stories are a gift, a talent that has been given to me from the Lord and that the Lord has allowed me by bringing me full circle to have this podcast. And also, it may have been greatly influenced by the fact that I had two very creative parents. My daddy used to read stories, bedtime stories, fairy tales to me every night before I went to sleep. And he would change his voice and um, it was always exciting and I would ask for more. So I'm about to tell you a story. I used to write poetry when I was younger and making up a story or doing something for English literature just was something that I excelled in and I enjoyed. Um, I wrote a book, but I don't talk about it because the whole thing was really a lesson because it turned out terribly and it's called um, You Chose Us. Please don't look for it because I am going to redo it and change the title. It's really a verse and I was contacted by this Christian organization and that's a story in itself. Let's just say it wasn't the best experience and um, they did a terrible job. But the verse is sweet. Different story, different time, different episode. And then I have another book that I really like because I self-published, I learned from my mistakes, and that's called Mama, What Color Am I? And it has to do with affirming children. Mama, What Color Am I? is a sweet book about a mom affirming her child. And that's just something that I would love to encourage mothers to do. At all stages of your children's lives. I am currently working on an affirmations activity coloring book. It's almost ready. I've been editing and editing and editing. I'm self-publishing again. And it's the companion to Mama, What Color Am I? Which you can get on Amazon or you can get on my website, A Place for Joy. Now, I did all of that. I normally don't talk about it. And I've had several people say, well, if you don't promote your book, who do you expect to do it? And so now I've told you about my book and where you can get it. Let me get into this episode by telling you a story. And it is not my story. I watched a vlog and I was watching a story that was just about a child celebrating a child getting her name at three years old. And when I watched it, I was like, wow, what a lesson. Not about the name, not what the parents intended. So let me share that story with you. This three-year-old was celebrated by her parents and siblings. She has quite a few. And her dad had something all set up for her in the morning. And there were um, balloons that she could see and touch because they were on her level. Please get that. They were low enough for her to see. But there were also things hanging from the ceiling that she could not see until her dad and siblings pointed them out to her. So it was the number three and, you know, conf not confetti, but, you know, paper decorations that she couldn't see because it wasn't at her eye level. 
So they were celebrating, she was happy, she got to throw water balloons. Her parents had set all of that up for her without her knowing anything about it because she's two turning three, how could she? And then um, at a certain point, she climbed into her daddy's lap, resting comfortably, and she demanded first name, not saying daddy, she called him by his first name, and she said, I want candy. Her father heard her. But because he did not respond to her request and later demand for candy, she became irate. Remember what I said, her father heard her. Don't the people who love us always hear us? As a parent, if you are an aunt, a guardian, teacher, whatever, don't you hear it when people talk to you? Especially when they're in close proximity with you. She was in her father's lap. Follow me in the, with this story. And she laid her head back and she got really irate and she started demanding and calling his name and saying, I want candy. I want candy. And she had forgotten all about the preparations, the celebration that had gone on. And she had no idea the other surprises that had been prepared for her, none. And her father said at some point, looking at her mother, he said, I think it's time. Well, as a viewer, we didn't know what he was talking about. He did and her mother did. And he kept saying, I think it's time. So he took her down, put her off his lap and he led her towards the garage. But she was angry because he had not answered her request for candy. So when she walks into the garage, her toys are in and the other siblings, her toys are in a bin or something. And she looks at it and she has an all outright temper tantrum. She kicks it over. And if that wasn't enough, she started stomping and scattering the toys with her feet, I guess for a reaction. Mom and dad didn't react, but her father said, and some of her siblings said, she hasn't seen it. She was so focused on what she didn't get. She forgot what she had gotten. Let me let that sink in. And she didn't see the surprise in front of her. So she kept up just hitting things and just being angry because the request for the candy had not been granted. And finally, her father kind of picked her up with her resisting and put her in front of the surprise that she didn't see. And he said, look, he had put together this brand new bicycle for her. And she kind of looked for a little bit and then she got on it and you saw her expression change. So dad had given her something far better that he had prepared, that had been planned, just way better than what she thought or knew. Of course, that took her mind off the candy. Later on, there's cake and presents and all these things. But for that moment, that request that wasn't granted overshadowed everything, what had happened and what was to come. Welcome, 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 Distant DNA Cousin. Welcome to Life and Faith Chats. What do we do here? We base our chats, our information on the Bible, still the number one best-selling book in the world. 
And we used to, but we still will have guests that align with us. And not that the other guests didn't because they had such great information. But going forward, sticking with certain topics, guests that will continue to give us helpful information to live the life that God has given us to live it well. So welcome. Tell me, friend, did you tell a friend to come along? Because this is a continuation from where I started asking, can God really do anything? And then I said, oxymoron, if he's God, and he is, of course he can. So then we're trying to figure out what's the block? Could it be us? And I introduced two things the last time. I talked about us, our mouths, what we say that abort our prayers, because we're talking about prayers, and maybe giving up too soon. I don't want to go back. I kind of want to pack up a lot of things and I want you to remember the story. And I want you to think about it deeper than what I said. You being the child, the father being God, forgetting all of the things that he's done, focusing on what you want at the time you wanted and not knowing what's planned for you. And let's get into some reasons why maybe our prayers that we really desire, not candy, healing, deliverances, needs that are daunting and that we perceive as life-threatening because we live within time. We're finite beings and we can only see what we can see and hear what we can hear and taste and touch what we can. We don't usually tap in to the spiritual world or the spiritual part of us. So like that child, things are immediate and our needs, as she saw then, I need candy, I need healing, I need money. I need this to happen with my child or in my marriage or on my job. I need a car. God, why aren't you answering my prayer? Especially if I am doing everything you said and believing and fasting what's going on. And when I am disappointed and sitting in your lap, and resting my head on you, and you're not explaining or talking, what am I supposed to do? Except get mad and have silent or outward temper tantrums. Now, what are some reasons that God may not be answering our prayer? Is it him? or our prayers already answered better than we can ask or think. That is a Bible verse, by the way. Are they already answered? That little girl, like us, had access to cake, ice cream, healthy foods, presents, 
more things than she would even think or imagine. She had no idea, none. So the parents had prepared. She thought her need wasn't being met. What is it that maybe, remember I said, these are suggestions, not a formula, but what are some things that maybe are causing us to not have or to see, you know, our prayers being fulfilled the way we think they should be. So I wrote down some things and I want to share them with you. Um, we got to two the last time. If you're just listening or watching for the first time, please don't go away. I'm honored that you stopped by. Please join us. We're just a group of good friends. This is actually a part three, really, in a series. So make sure to go back and check out one and two so you can catch up and know what I'm talking about. So today, what I want to say is that when we're praying, we have to believe that God hears us. Because sometimes we think we have to do extra. I don't know about you, but I know I may think I have to do something extra. And I think that religion tells us that we have to do extra. That child just jumped into her father's lap. It had nothing to do with her. And her father didn't push her off because that's not what good fathers do. She jumped into his lap, she rested, she was close. She was his child. She didn't need to convince him to provide for her or to do the extras. That gave him pleasure. How do I know that? When I would tell my father, thank you for something that he did, that I became aware of that he had done. Forget about all the other things he had done. He would always say, that's daddy's pleasure to do that. It brings a father pleasure. It brings a mother joy to see her child's expression and to know they're happy. So she had no idea but she was resting on her father. So first we have to believe. The Bible says that for us to come to God, we have to believe that he is, and he is a rewarder. He is a rewarder of those who diligently, not half-heartedly, but diligently seek him. You know how children bug their parents? Diligently, he said to be like a child. So it's okay to bug him. It's okay to jump in his lap. It's okay to ask him. It's okay to rest on him. So we have to believe that he is. We have to believe that he's good. When that child jumped in her father's lap, she knew that she was in a safe place. She knew he wasn't going to bang her head, throw her out. And the Bible says, you are being wicked. Know how to give your children good gifts. What more I? So again, is it our belief system where we say certain things and act a certain way, but we actually don't believe it? I kind of suggested that in our last chat. The other thing is that we need to get to here is God's eternal purpose. Huh. We know what we think we want at the time we need it. And Definitely, if we're praying for a loved one not to die, I mean, that, that, that's pretty real. And a lot of people say, 
you know, I can join with the group. And I'm not talking about my mother, by the way. I don't want you to get it mixed up. She lived to a ripe old age. I'm talking about children, um, sudden tragic things with parents, unexpected with spouses, illnesses where people have prayed and fasted and there's no answer. And sometimes we just say, well, that's what God wants. I'm saying that we should examine certain things. Is it always just what God wants or is it our part? Like, are we saying things that, are we actually believing what we say we're praying for? Do we actually believe he can do it? Is our mouth messing us up by our actual confessions? Are we thinking that um, we have to do some ritual to get his attention or to be a certain way? Are we trusting him? And then eternal purpose. Is there a better plan? And do we really understand that we really live in light of eternity? I don't know about you. I am just now learning in this season of my life to actually embrace from head knowledge to heart knowledge. And the passing of my mother helped me with this, that there is more to this life. We talk about heaven, but is it really real to us? Do we live in light of our eternal home? The Bible says some real sobering things that Jesus will appear to those who are looking for and expecting him. Are we really looking forward to eternity because most of what let me change that all of what happens to us with us is supposed to be done in light of eternity so do our prayers line up with the eternal good and purpose did this child really need candy that early in the morning you get me when there was food prepared for her from breakfast to lunch to dinner and an entire celebration, did she need the candy? Do we need the things that we think we really need in light of eternity? That's a real hard one. Now, if I'm asking for my foot to be healed, I think I need it or my heart or to be healed from cancer or for my eyes to be healed. What is God's eternal purpose? The word says that he wants me healed. How does this match up with my eternal purpose? Is there more that I'm supposed to be looking for or asking for? I'm just asking, friend. You come along with me and you share your suggestions too. It's a thought. Our prayers, are they in line with God's eternal best purpose for us. We always say God is good all the time. Is he good when he says no or when he's quiet? When we're resting on him and he's not answering, is it because there's more? And should we be looking and expecting the more because he's good? You tell me. And let me just go with this. And I may be ending here so that this isn't too long. I, I think I've got quite a bit in, but I might be ending with this. 
Let me talk about this. Are we really seeking God for who he is? Is it that we're only wanting this for us? But is it maybe not being answered because God wants us to learn to develop habits in the good times? A prayer life like Daniel, three times a day. A prayer life like the Muslims, Christians, where we are wanting and desiring him because we want intimacy and a relationship with him. And we're not just seeking him when we need something or we're learning to pray when we're desperate. It is difficult to build up faith when you're already in the lion's den. Could those Hebrew boys really start praying in faith when they were in the fiery furnace? Huh. When Jesus told the people in John 6, 26 to 35, please read that out, that they were like, Lord, where were you? And you left and paraphrasing. And he said, you all aren't seeking me for the eternal truths that I'm teaching. You're seeking me for the bread that I fed you with. Ouch. Is that a reason why some of our prayers aren't answered? That's a good place to stop. Thank you for coming back. I didn't ask you in the beginning because I wanted to tell you the story. But how are you? How are things coming along? How's your family? I hope that you're remaining well. Seek God, that's to me. Let's seek him for himself while he can be found. Because he said that no good thing will he withhold from those who diligently seek him. Let's continue to believe his word and encourage one another. I really hope you're doing well. Um, I appreciate you. I'm going to ask you a favor to come back next week. I'm going to ask you to please thumbs up this video, to please bring along a friend, and um, to hit the notification bell so that you always know when I upload, and to leave a comment because that is encouraging to me in a way of you telling me I'm listening and we're being engaged. Thank you to those of you who listen, to those of you who listen and watch. Thank you. And um, I appreciate your prayers. And I do pray for you too. Come back because we're trying to get through these seven and you can count it any way you want it today so that we get suggestions as why maybe our prayers, some that we really keep in harbor, have not been answered yet. I am your host. My name is Joy. Peace.